Welcome to HashiCast, the self-proclaimed number one podcast about the world of DevOps practices, tools, and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of HashiCast. We have Camila Martins, a HashiCorp ambassador and Google developer expert based in Brazil. I'm excited to learn more about your story, what kind of DevOps topics people are interested in your region, and what are the challenges that you see as people move to cloud or they're adopting a lot of these DevOps philosophies um, and approaches. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm curious where you started, how you got into the technology industry in the first place, and what do you do now? Well, um, thank you so much, Rosemary. Thank you also, HashCorp, for being here. Um, well, um, my story is like, um, it's a little bit crazy, but I started as a, as a developer. Um, I just uh, met a DevOps uh, four or five years ago. Um, I was a full-stack developer. I started uh, really um, young. I started actually when I was a child, like when I was eight or yeah, nine years old because I had a blog and um, I had a place where I would like to share uh, my day and well, whatever. And I would like to customize that. So I started to... Um, learn a little bit, um, more about JavaScript and HTML, um, and other things. And uh, when I was like, um, 12 years old, I don't remember, I started to, um, know more about WordPress, PHP, some things like that. But when I was, um, when I started to be like an adult, like when I was 18 years old, uh, I started to work more with infrastructure and it was my first job. And, and in that moment, I was like, mm, it's interesting because I, I was always a developer, but I was like, ah, oh, but there's some place in the IT that I could do things that it, it's more about hardware, but I would like to keep doing hardware, but also keep doing software, but I don't know exactly where these things can collide. How can I do the both? Like, And well, I, I continued to do that, but um, later I, I came back as a developer. I started to work as a full stack developer because I started to um, work more as a backend and whatever. Um, but when it was... Um, 2016 or 17, uh, I met a DevOps days and I started to go to a DevOps days, a DevOps days here in Brazil. That's a DevOps days in Porto Alegre. That's a city more in the south of Brazil. And I was like, oh, I can do the both. And when I was in the, in the meetups and when I was in the event, I was like, oh yeah. And my mind was like, I was exploding <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I want to I want to do this. I want to be a DevOps. And I started to study these things and well, I learned a lot in the meetups. And, and that's the way that community is so important to me because in that time I was not only learning about DevOps, but also I started to speak about it and go to the meetups to speak and go to another events. And I started to grow also inside the community. And um well. I was living in Porto Alegre, and when 
when it was 2019, I just moved to Rio de Janeiro. That there, it's the place that I'm still living, and it's the place that that that's the place that I'm ambassador of, of Hashcorp, and we have the meetups here. Um, and I was thinking about well. When I change to another company, I would like to do not be a developer anymore. I would like to be a DevOps. So I started to to migrate my career to that. And I started to uh, learn about cloud computing and Docker and Terraform. Terraform was the first thing that I learned from Hashcorp. And uh, I was like, well, I need to move on. And I I just got it. I had my first job as a DevOps engineer. And I was like, oh my God, I just got it. I'm so happy. <laughs> and and that was the point. And I started to to keep doing that, keep doing that. I moved it to another companies. And today I'm I'm at the start block. It's a company that I work at. It's a CMS, um, a headless CMS uh, that uh, we build the website through blocks. So it's like a no-code thing. And we build the DevOps things, uh, everything there in cloud. And we work a lot with Terraform, a lot. And uh, that's the way that I I learned about DevOps. I learned about community. And I also, I met Hashcorp. And it was so nice to me. Yeah, it's such a great story because it's almost full circle, right? You started with that blog and all learning all of like the... the, the what I mean, it's not that simple, but more simplistic stuff, right? Just to get your own website. And then now you help people build their own websites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never thought about that. But yeah, it's a point. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, really, really. It's so nice. You know, a couple folks that I've spoken to, they said, okay, we we became, we were system administrators and then we moved into DevOps, right? So they tried to learn more of the developer skill set. That's kind of where I came from. Um, you were a developer and you started to learn the DevOps skill sets. How do you think being a developer helps you uh, be an SRE today or, you know, learn all of these DevOps concepts? A lot of things today are infrastructure as code. And I, I, I see sometimes that, that there, pe- there are some people that have a, a resistance, like, oh, I would, I would not like to learn um, code because, well, I don't need that because I already work with the hardware, hardware, but, but technology is changing. So uh, we have a lot of things that we can build with code and code is, is, is fine because we can test a lot. We can build tests, for example, for Terraform uh, behavior tests. And um, also like we, we can have more control on it. So uh, for example, actually talking about Terraform, we can have like a status about it and also um, like a backup of the things that you're creating and um, like uh, everything that you're doing, you can put that on a bucket and everything that you're changing, like uh, having versions of it. So, and when you're doing things on your own, in your own hands, you it's not every time that you can have that history by yourself. Code can be a documentation also, and it can be better to learn because um, the step-by-step to learn, it can be not that hard because if you're learning code, you're not just learning code to Terraform or to, I don't know, Packer or Docker. I don't know. Um, 
but you're learning to everything because you're learning the logical inside of it. So you can learn another programming languages and other things that you will need to do with programming languages and with the logical inside of it. I know that there's a lot of resistance on it, uh, sometimes uh, from people from security or uh, sysadmins, but I think that technology is changing in a way that we need that. We need that a lot um, to make things um, faster and better and with more control on it and to know exactly what we are doing. Because like I said, sometimes in our hands, we don't have that control. Like, okay, I will put... Uh, I will enter in my cloud console and I will change um, the the memory or I will change the, 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 the well, the CPU, I don't know. Um, but if I, in, in the next week, maybe I will not remember that. And well, what can I do? If I have the documentation, all the team will have the documentation. Everyone uh, will know what, what we need to do. And that's another thing about DevOps. DevOps is, it's, it's a nice thing because it, it, it's not concentrated only in one person. Everybody needs to know what we are doing because if someone is in a holiday or sick, everybody uh, can do another thing, the, the thing that that person was doing. And if you can stay, if you stay that in your own hand and do that, and if no history, no documentation, well, we have a problem. We have a problem about working with a team. And... Um, the stacks of DevOps helps a lot with that, with working as a team, have documentation, and also work with code. So I think that's the way that things are changing and in, in, in that way. You raise a really good point, right? Because we're asking for more collaboration. We're asking for security teams to work with us. We're asking for hard, you know, infrastructure or hardware teams to work with us too. And in order for us to do that, we have to change our mindset. We have to change the way we approach things. Um, I guess one of the big questions that I get around infrastructure as code is like, I don't want to learn a domain specific language, right? I would rather do it with uh, the SDKs for let's say AWS or Google or any of the clouds. What are your thoughts around using programming languages and SDKs um, for infrastructure as code versus a domain-specific language, something like HashiCorp configuration language and Terraform? I think it's a case-by-case case because, for example, I have developers, for example, that um, I don't want to learn something that it's too much about infrastructure. Don't, uh, so, so for sometimes... Um, oh, I don't want to work with a CDK. I want to work with a programming language that's going to bring that to me, but not exactly a CDK. Or some developers want to really, oh, I, I, I want to learn more about DevOps. So I will learn about Terraform. I will learn about Packer. They are really interesting on that. And I think it's, it's so good because when... A developer is interested in ops, and and ops is interested. It's another point. And with op and ops is interested on developer issues. Everybody's working better because as an ops engineer, when I know better about code, I know how to offer a better a better resource. So, for example, I I know how Java works. So when I'm going to bring um an a VM to this developer. I know exactly how much of memory, if you're going to have a problem of hip space or whatever. Um, 
But if I don't know exactly, it's not that I'm go I'm not going to offer a good a good resource. But well, it's not going to be exactly that good than a person that knows that. So yeah, even, yeah, and it's the same for a developer. If a developer knows about pipelines, knows about infrastructure as code, it doesn't need to know everything, but just a little bit. For example, if if you're troubleshooting, uh, they can know about oh, it's an error from my programming language. No, it's an error because mm, it's an infrastructure error. I think there's something wrong with AWS, with GCP, and things like that. So it's a case by case because uh, there 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 are people that are not going to they 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 want don't want to learn like ah, I don't want to learn the CDK. I don't want to use that. I don't want to work to use a SDK, but uh, there are people that want to learn. And I think it's so available. I think it's so nice because everybody can work better together. And I think it's the same from security because, for example, DevSecOps, we don't need to say that word like, oh, we need DevSecOps because what about our resources without security? We are going to have a lot of trouble and, and it's a it's a problem that we, we suffer in some companies, in some startups that we just think about the security when security problems are already happening. Everybody can work together when we are interested in an, another people's job and what they can offer and what it's about. So I think it's a better teammate. Over time, I've learned more and more about security because I realized it's a lot easier as someone, um, even if I don't, I'm not a security expert, functionally, it's a lot easier to start thinking about it and understanding it early because making changes later for security tends to be really difficult or it's very challenging. It breaks a lot. Um, so it helps me to learn things earlier. And I think there's a lot of focus now on pushing um, security knowledge, uh, just a minimum sort of security knowledge for everybody to learn. And I think DevSecOps is one of those topics that <laughs> I have, I have on, I agree with you on this. The folks who are listening might have other other thoughts and other uh, <laughs> opinions about DevSecOps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not to knock that there isn't some spe- some special automation that you might have to do for security, um, but you know you at least have to know a minimum if you're in DevOps now. I think it's very hard to to say you don't know security and you know you deploy something um, that's maybe not encrypted or not secured behind a network policy. All right, so. I'm curious about uh, a fun technology challenge that you've uh, you've recently encountered. It could be a problem that you solved, um, something new in in anything that you've been learning. Uh, you could be learning something different. It could be AI. I have to mention it nowadays. But um, what's a technology challenge that's really been interesting to you, or something fun that you've been trying to debug or troubleshoot lately? One thing that happened to me, it's that when I became a senior um, SRE, my my difficult was <laughs> was to learn Terraform and Kubernetes. What? Yeah, yeah, because I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm a senior and I don't know Terraform a lot. And I was like, Jesus, I need to make some courses. I was really insecure about myself because on the label it's a thing that it's like a way to us but later i just i just thought that oh it's just label i 
what about my career? I just need to keep doing the things that actually I already, I already does. Like it, it was a, a time that I was really suffering with myself about the label and what people were expecting from me. It was really a, a soft skill issue for things that were more technical. <laughs> my, my most challenging things are always about migrating things. And one of these things were about migrating, migrating data centers uh, in companies. So in, I was only 18 years old and was like, oh my God, I'm so new on this thing. So what, what, how am I going to do that? And I was um, working a lot, talking with a lot of people. So I also learned that um, networking is so important and talk with people. Years later, I started to, I had a challenge about migrating um, regions inside cloud inside cloud computing. I was like, oh, migrating um, from uh, Sao Paulo to a region in USA because it was more cheap and whatever. And it was really challenging because we were moving on APIs, um, databases, and VMs, and a lot of recourses and uh, API gateways, a lot of things, VPNs, whatever. So, and in that way, I started to understand more about architecture and how things connect and how things work together. And it was like one year and a half, two years old. And I was like, uh, two years, uh, um, four. And I was like, oh my God. And it was things on my career that was really oh, well, learning and connecting things. And actually, my challenge uh, here in Starblock, it's more about um, <laughs> migrate again. I'm sensing a theme. There's a lot of migration happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always migrating things in different companies. I think it's a thing about myself. I don't know. <laughs> you enjoy the challenge. <laughs> yeah, and today I'm migrating um, um I'm migrating context. So, for example, uh, we use today VMs. Uh, we use Elastic Beanstalk in AWS. We are moving on to, to containers. And it's a thing that is really challenging because, well, we are going to um, not just know more about how to scale it because we are not going to scale it anymore in VMs. We're going to scale it in, in a container context, but also uh, we are going to talk more about with the developers how to work with containers. Um, teach them about it, teach them about this culture and even teach them about DevOps. So it's a thing that is really challenging and we are working a lot with Terraform with that because we need to have a history, we have to version uh, all these things and it's good also for the developers because and for our customers because if they want to build uh, a new uh, space in the cloud or if developers want to 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 create another thing or uh, if we we change it to another and or if we create this resource um they can do that they can do that by themselves so they don't need to ask us uh, the devops team oh you can it's it's like it's an autonomy it's it's so nice and well, this is the things that we are working today. <laughs> what do you think is sort of the, the, the thing that people don't do whenever they talk about migration? Is it that they forget that they have to educate other people 
on the new technology or the new thing? Is it that you forget that maybe you need to keep a history of all the changes that you've made? Um, what are some of those challenges and migrations that you think people forget about? You need to documentate everything, <laughs> every single thing that you do. Because, um, for example, when I was migrating regions, um, we had like a checklist with everything that we needed to do. Because like I said, uh, if I'm uh, I'm sick, we, I, if I'm on a holiday, uh, another person needs to do exactly the same thing. And uh, it's it's also hard. It, it's hard because we we had uh, documentation for everything, even for holdbacks. So, for example, it's not working. We are trying a lot, and uh, well, we need to put the server on again because people need to use that, and we are already on the time to use because the window maintenance it's not going to be enough. So we need to well keep working again. Uh, we need to hold back. So. How can we hold back? So we had even documentation for that. And we documented everything, <laughs> every single thing, because, and, and for everyone, or in a way that everyone can understand. Maybe you're not there, or maybe you're not available, or maybe you, you don't know how to do. I think also communicate, it's really important. And through doc documentating is a way, but always telling people what you're doing, always connected with the teams. Like, oh, we are migrating this and this and that, and and we are going to migrate your server or your service and whatever. We're going to do this today. Oh, do you want to follow up this? Do you want to be on the meeting? Like in a ways that everybody can understand what you're doing. Well, it's so easy to be, to say to, you know, to say to yourself, oh, I'll just do the change and no one will notice, right? It, it shouldn't, like no one should notice. But the thing is that it's better just to let someone know that you're planning to make the change. And if something isn't right, at least they have some knowledge, right? That, oh, someone is making another change somewhere else. Um, there have been a number of times where it's like, uh, you know, I've gone through and, and, you know, my team said, okay, we have to clean up this environment and we don't actually notify anyone that we're cleaning it up. And we accidentally, you know, clean up something we're not supposed to sort of thing, um, which is unfortunate, but it happens. And sometimes it's just from a lack of communication and saying, Hey, I'm going through and I'm cleaning up our environment. Does you know? Does anybody have any concerns, or these are the things that I'm going to be removing? Exactly. We've we've talked about uh, DevOps. Uh, you know the history. What your history is? Uh, the uh, migrations. Uh, you are the expert of migrations now. So if I have to do it, I'm going to call you next time. <laughs> <laughs> now okay. that you've done so many of them. Um, so I guess uh, we'll, we'll, let's talk about your community, right? So you are in Brazil. What are some challenges within your community, right? Is it learning? You know, is it that getting people to uh, work within the community? I mean, you mentioned there were DevOps days. And so it seems like there's a very um, rich community there and everybody's trying to participate with each other. So what are some of the challenges that you see? Everything started with the pandemic issues. We had a strong community in 2019. Uh, it was only uh, with the Docker community. Um, but every month we had meetups. And with the pandemic, uh, with the COVID-19, we like just break everything down. And we, and we tried with online meetups, but it, it, it doesn't work with us because it was like, we were doing an effort, a lot of things up to the meetup, 
and it was like only 10 people watching, five people watching because people even didn't know it was happening meetups online. I we we had like what you said before, lack of communication, but to the meetups. <laughs> so we had, so we were like, okay, what can we do? And in the way, it was happening a lot of online events. So people was was like tired because every every week, every day was like, oh, do you know it's happening in the event of DevOps uh, today and tomorrow and this weekend? And, and people were like, oh, I'm tired. I just want to, I don't know, play Xbox. I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> so... It, it started to make people um, do not be interested on the meetups. And uh, when it was like, okay, to go back to the in, in-person meetings, we started with Docker. And later I said, oh, let's try with Hashcorp. We need a meetup of Hashcorp, whatever. And not just to talk about Terraform, that I think it's the thing that people from DevOps work the most and know better, but also to talk about the other platforms that people don't know, like, or don't don't know the most, like, oh, what is Waypoint? There are people that don't know what is Waypoint. Or, for example, Boundary, I know a little bit, but I would like to know more. I don't know exactly for what can I use. Vaulted was a meetup of us that it was like, oh, it's a really interesting stack, but I know, know I don't know exactly how to use it. It's in Kubernetes. I can use it in Terraform. People didn't know that. It started just not a thing only to, because like I said, it's to talk about this text of Hashcorp, but it started to grow on other things. We saw people that changed it uh, to another company. And for example, we started to learn the, the technologies and, and move it better to another company to, to have a better salary, to have better opportunities. People that were so shy. And I saw that people talking in the DevOps days because they started in a Hashcarp meetup. We really helped the community. It's not a thing like, oh, we are doing that just to show to the Hashcarp. No, we are changing lives. We just want to keep that. And I think the most challenging thing sometimes it's the things that happen in uh, suddenly. For example, <laughs> yesterday we had the Hashcorp meeting and the company uh, that helped help us to have the meetup in the building was like, today uh, we can't have the meetup here because the building has no water. Oh, oh no. Okay, what are we going to do the meetups today? <laughs> and we were like, no, we're going, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. <laughs> and we just had like, okay, uh, let's do <laughs> a tech and beer event. And it was also nice because uh, we, we had like uh, networking to talk not only about technology, but also, well, about career, about life and make that people even more connected to the next meetup that we are going to talk about technical issues. Um, that people are more connected. They are like colleagues, they are friends. And, and, it, and it's nice because we are always trying. And another thing that I think is challenging is about um, the terms that we would like to talk because sometimes we have like no speakers because everybody wants to go, but not everybody wants to talk about. Not everybody wants to be speakers. So we are like, oh, let's go, let's try. Oh, it's your first time. I can help you. I can be with you there in the front of everybody. But 
we always have a way to solve it also, but it's nice. Doing a meetup and being an organizer right, of a community like that, it's not your day job. <laughs> it, is a, it is something you love to do. So you're doing it on extra hours. And not everybody has the, you know, has the willingness to go and ask and look for speakers and find people who are willing to contribute back into the community. I think it's hard because, you know, I started in a place where I didn't want to share anything or I wasn't allowed to share anything that I was doing. You know, a lot of people encouraged me like, oh, you know, you're learning a lot. We want to hear about what you're learning, even if maybe someone's repeated it before, but we want to know what you're learning about. Um, And without that push, without someone's telling me, just one person telling me, you should try, you should give it a try, you should contribute back. um, I don't think I would have been a part of the community. I wouldn't have participated in the same way. Um, So we thank you for the amount of time you and all the other organizers and community members spend just building each other up and encouraging each other to grow. I think without that, um, it's very hard for anyone to pick up new skill sets now, especially in the technology space. Um, it's easier to learn from someone else than it is to sometimes um, push yourself to learn something. Uh, I'm not motivated to necessarily do it myself. So I need someone to help push me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for me, the same thing. Uh, it's because uh, I'm, I'm doing all of these things because community was really important to me and to my career. So um, it's like I, I say in almost every meetup, like I'm just doing what people just did to me all of my career in, in the whole career that I have. Like um, everybody that I have a lot of friends today that helping me a lot when I just met DevOps, like. Oh, you can learn that. Hey, let's go. You can talk about that. Oh, why are you shy? You can try. Oh, try that job. You can send on LinkedIn. Why not? So the same thing that just changed in my life, I would like to just um, push it to another person also, to, to people, to people. So um, it's really important to me to just uh, bring it back to community. Well, community did to me every time. I guess a very important question right now is, will you be joining us at HashiConf this year? And as of time of recording, it's 2023. I'm so happy to say yes, because I I, I was going in the last year, but I, I don't know. I had the visit problem, so I would not be able to go in the last year. But this year I'm going and I'm so happy. I'm so happy to meet you all. Uh, I'm going to all the day to, to uh, HashiCorp Ambassador Day and to the days of the conf. I'm really, really, really happy. I'm really excited. It's my first time in California and I'm really, I, I'm really excited to meet California. I'm just like, ah! I, uh, you know, I will say, I'm pretty sure there's a large number of San Francisco listeners. So anyone who's a local, please suggest things. So I love love to if I have some time even it's so small I want to meet every place that I would like to meet it's about also culture people I really appreciate that (laughs) Um, speaking of culture and the people uh, we have one final question for you it's a less serious question not about technology necessarily but very important Um, if I were to visit your country what should I do oh it's it's really hard because (laughs) Because Brazil, it's it's a continental place and we have a lot of kind of people and culture and food and music, 
I think sometimes people from outside Brazil have have, have a have, has a, a wrong thought about Brazil. Like Brazil, it's Samba and it's Rio. No, Brazil, it's a lot of things. Brazil is so different. Brazil, for example, Porto Alegre, that it's the place that I live in, more in the south. It's so uh, similar more to Uruguay and Argentina. And Rio, it's more like Rio. Everybody knows about Rio. Um, the north, like Amazonas, Pará, and it's it's like another kind of culture and people and uh, in the northeast, uh, uh, it's it's every everything is really different. So uh, I think that my my tip it's like be here with the mind open because people uh, are, it's really amazing and it's really warm and are going to embrace you. It's a thing that we were talking about in the meetup of Hashcore that we had yesterday. Like um, Brazilians are always uh, embracing you. And if you have a, a trouble like, oh, can I help you? Can I, well, what can I do to you? And uh they want to be your friend and they want to bring you the best always. Well, I am really excited that you're coming to HashConf. Hopefully we get some more uh, information for you on what to do in San Francisco. But I'm particularly excited. So that if I do make it to Brazil, I know exactly what I should do, which is to tour the entire country um, and try everything. Camila, thank you so much for having, uh, for ha making time and being on this episode. Uh, we appreciate everything you do as a HashiCorp ambassador and as a community member um, in the DevOps community. and. You know, in general, in technology, um, it's fantastic to speak with you because I've learned so much about how you've grown the community uh, in Brazil, but also um, how you're able to support each other. And I think we could definitely all learn from that and bring it to our own communities. So thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. And I'm really excited uh, that I'll be able to see you at HashiConf this year. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rosemary. Thank you so much, Hashcorp. Um, I am I am appreciating a lot everything that Hashcorp does to the community. Also, I'm so happy to have the meetups to be an ambassador because, like I said before, it helps me to um, to keep doing to the community what community every time uh, just did and does to me. So I'm just bringing it back. So I'm so excited to be at the HashConf and, and well, to meet people and to be connected with the things that I believe. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> You've been listening to HashiCast with your host, Rosemary Wong. Our guest today was Camila Martin, HashiCorp ambassador and senior SRE at Storyblock. Be sure to tune in next time.